0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to In This Economy, the podcast where young people from Zimbabwe and around the world discuss how they are navigating life in the current economic circumstances. With me, your host, Kim Nyajeka. So, we're officially back with Season 3, and for this first episode, my guest and I sat down and discussed having expectations in this economy. A pretty open-ended topic, but we share a lot about some life-changing events that shifted our perspective and changed the expectations we have of ourselves of other people, of our environment, as well as the circumstances. So I do hope you can relate and enjoy. Just a trigger warning, we do talk a lot about some pretty heavy mental health issues that we've both gone through. So if you do find that content upsetting, please scroll down on social media, I have shared Um, some resources for um, mental health and wellness that are readily available if you are in Zimbabwe or wherever you are in the world. You can just get onto those and um get whatever help you need so yeah um, please do not forget to follow the podcast on social media at in this economy podcast on instagram and follow me your host at Kim jack on twitter i'd love to hear from you your engagement is quite possibly my favorite part of creating this content um, so yes and of course let's keep the conversation going so without further ado let's get straight into the episode okay so today i have the absolute pleasure of inviting my dearest oldest bestest friend in the whole wide world to the show lindy welcome thank you so much for having me and would you like to introduce yourself to the people
1: before we get started okay my name is Lindwet lagama and i uh work in the ngo sector i'm a humanitarian i also have a true crime youtube channel that i've just started um
0: and yeah that's basically me. All right so today the topic we're discussing is pretty airy fairy but I thought it would be fun to just like I just perfect for me exactly. Um just to unpack like having expectations in adulthood especially with how our Different economic circumstances have influenced, I guess, us just having expectations. Yeah. As individuals, the older we're getting, we're getting to like a different stage of life and all of that good stuff. So, obviously, the way you imagine life at 20 Mm -hmm. and now almost getting to 30. Oh
1: my gosh. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I feel like this is the perfect conversation
1: to have with each other because we have known each other since primary school, like literally since we were eight. Yeah. And we've... Like at different stages of our life we would discuss expectations. Exactly. Like in grade seven, we'd be like, Oh, this is what I expect of high school. In high school, this is what I expect from like when we're twenty one or twenty mm-hmm.
0: five and yeah, now we are very and now we're nearly thirty. <laughs> <laughs> Just a fun fact. Um Lindy and I have known each other since we were eight. But we only started <laughs> being friends when we were eleven. Because the first three years of our friendship, she was mean to me. Well, that no, is... not friendship. Since meeting, you were mean to me. I I don't remember that. I'm uh, sorry. I, I do. I... <laughs> <laughs> I was the new kid, and you were just like, ew. I shame. I <laughs> vaguely remember you
1: being the new kid in grade three. Two, and two, even. Was it grade two? Younger? Oh, grade two. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, when someone is new in primary school, everyone wants to be their friend. And I've always been like... Trying to go against the grain Whatever Not mm-hmm. be like everyone else So maybe that's why Like I I actually only watched The Harry Potter movies Like last year Because I, I don't want to do what everyone else is doing, I haven't watched Bridgerton, so maybe I was like, oh, let me not suck up to the new girl until four years' time. A bite. there were like four black people in
0: the class that time, so I'm like looking, I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure these black people are going to be my it's friends. Like, it's like in the office
1: with, like, um, you know, Stanley, um, and then there's a new black guy from a branch when yeah. the merger happens, mm-hmm. and then he sees Stanley, the other black guy, and he does, like, the black black man nod like exactly. of solidarity and then Stanley like pulls a face like mm, same Kim I'm sorry if I could rewind I would have been kinder
0: it's completely weird <laughs> it's just always fun to bring this up oh, but I've unpacked it in therapy I've recovered oh and we're friends now yeah. I'm kidding true Falls <laughs> well that ends well all's well that ends well so with all of this background mm-hmm. and context are you living the life you expected to be living growing up Absolutely
1: not mm. I, I am not I think I only started thinking about being in my 20s in high school obviously mm-hmm. And honestly I think I thought No I was sure I would be working for the UN right now yeah. I was also sure that I would be like an amazing author and filmmaker um, I am none of those things
0: <laughs> okay maybe this might be a bias because we're friends but you wrote an amazing book and are you not an award-winning film award-winning filmmaker no. like you made that film about chocolate and the girl and she was in the cafe
1: oh yes i mean that but that's like uh that's university awards did you make a film yes did you win an award for <laughs> <it>? <laughs> okay maybe i'm not at the level i thought i would okay. be I, th- I thought i would be like you know sex in the city mm. i thought i'd be one of those girls own own apartment um very good job living life always happy no mental illness um very accomplished mm. yeah i think
0: i also started really thinking about my 20s when did ugly Betty start showing think we were like in grade seven or (laughs) form one the power of like the media yeah like so when i was like 12 13 i think that's when the show came out and i genuinely thought that i was gonna grow up and be not betty but like in some modern looking office yeah somewhere in new york honestly i always imagined my life just really or you always felt like you would live in new york exactly catching cabs in some office doing i didn't have like tangible idea but I just had had a feeling. I had a feeling. I was just in some city getting public transportation, living my greatest life, wearing like nice shoes and fashion and also having like This diverse group of friends. Yeah. And just being... Like catalog photo friendship. uh, Exactly. Exactly. Having graduated from Columbia. Yes, exactly. I had no idea exactly what it was I wanted to do because my career changed depending on like what show I was into. Yeah. So Ugly Betty was like the office I found when I was really into Grey's Anatomy. So you didn't always know that you wanted to be a lawyer? No, I didn't. Actually, I only had the idea of studying law when I was told I was bad at science. Oh, when was in, that after in high football? Not even after football, like in like form two, when we were like 14. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It was our chemistry teacher. Yeah. It was our chemistry yeah, teacher yeah. who was like you're never going to be a scientist because we would, it was this really terrible system where we do a test then grade each other's tests and then yeah. out got uh, marks to yeah. her. and i think i got in like four out of ten or something and she was just like you're never gonna be a scientist <laughs> so i was just like okay well that's done did you end up getting an a anyway i did but that was after like a lot of blood sweat and yeah, tears yeah. and i don't think i was given a fair chance to really enjoy it
1: one thing kim and i have done together as well for all the years throughout high school is gone for extra <laughs> lessons mostly for math sometimes for physics but Kim and I have been through it. Like, we've gone to, like, the corners of Harare. But we didn't extra go lessons. to, like,
0: the cute places that no, everyone no, no, was going no, no. to in town. Our parents so just like, listen, you They will just find a random
1: person, speak to each other, and be like, okay, let's send, them let's them send them there. Let's there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we did extra lessons by the railway tracks. Yeah. So, in town, right, in Harare, there's, like, there's you go further, further down and closer to the industrial side by the railway station. (laughs) Yeah. There was this, like, office block. Uh Uh-huh. And then we'd go up, like, three flights of stairs. In the dark. It was dark. dark. Yeah, it was very dim. Like...
1: I... Like I wouldn't go in now. No, like, oh now yeah. I would be like, why, would you
0: like, I would, you why did it? all parents let that happen? <laughs> we would walk into this <laughs> office, and I remember this. There were like three desks. Yes. And then the there were like three tutors, and we had the one tutor, the one our parents yeah. spoke to. Yeah. And there would be like five of us kids around on the disc, one desk, and one kid would be doing like geography. We were doing like maths and physics, mm-hmm. and someone else would be doing biology, and he would just like okay do this question, do this question, do this question, and just be, like, explaining. Exactly. Like, to, individually. Individually. And
1: but in retrospect, he was good. I mean, he must have been. Because we, we did very well for whatever. We our levels. Well, we, we had to, like, sweat. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears for that. <laughs> but we got the results. But, I mean, sure, we went through a lot. We went
0: through so much. Shame. Oh, do you so
1: think funny. it was mostly our parents afraid that we would be average or were we afraid that would be like did you push for the extra lessons
0: I pushed for the extra lessons because my parents I don't think they like saw that I needed them I pushed for them I felt like I needed them them because like we were in I mean I've said this before on the podcast we were in such a high pressure academic environment that you had no choice but to do like excellently so I'm not saying I could have figured it out on my own Mm -hmm. but I I don't remember my parents sitting down and saying okay you need extra grades lessons. you need extra lessons really I was just like I actually just need to go uh-huh. for extra lessons like especially for wow. maths and physics and all those kind of things because I was bad at it was very mature
1: of you though yeah. like, I, I didn't want any <laughs> my mom I think my mom compared me to my the sister that's just before me at be, and she was like, Okay, nah, this kid needs
0: help. <laughs> also, they sent us somewhere where it was convenient for them. Exactly. Because they would be like working full yeah. time and they're yeah, like, yeah. Listen, y'all just get on public transport exactly. and, and go somewhere that's yeah. gonna take you there and bring you back. Were they
1: not worried about our safety? I feel like when it's school related, then they're like, "No, nah, God's got you, everything's fine." Yeah,
0: cause I also got picked up late. I also got yeah late. from school, right? From but school, then from a yeah. the
1: party, my mom would be the first one to pick me up from a party, <laughs> but at school, I'd be the last one to get picked up from. Like, explain God's
0: that. <laughs> I think the first party I ever went to was after I was sixteen. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to go to parties. What, but primary school? No, like primary school, yeah. Oh, but that's You know different. there's going to be like... Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but in high school, I never... Really? I would either ghost people over at someone's house. Oh, yeah. And then that's how I would have like access to parties. Oh, sure. Sh- but like just to go to a party, like for them to drop... It's just no? like, no. Like what is that? No. I remember no. crying because there's just that Valentine's dance that was like super popular. Oh, yeah. We remember yes. crying to go. Oh, yeah, My
1: they were like, Valentine's... Yeah, no. Like, no.
0: Yeah,
1: I never got to DG. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I regret it. Yeah, I mean, I miss, like, I, I, miss. I did. I mean, that I could do. Like, Digi's was basically just going to some mall. Yeah, it was Avondale. It was Avondale. Yeah, was Avondale. Movie. yeah the movies. Then it was
1: Quadco. Exactly. I feel like the times I went, I can count on my one hand. And mm-hmm. it was because I'd be like, I'm going to Kim's house, and then we would go together. Yeah. So,
0: for that, we could go, like, from my house, we could go in the mm-hmm, afternoon mm-hmm. from like one till yeah, five. Yeah. That was fine. Yeah. But, like, parties. Late night, exactly, all of that. No. If I said I wanted to go to someone's house that wasn't you or like any of our other friends, yeah. like our friend circle, there so was no. none of that. Oh. It was a no for me until after I was 16. Yeah, you I enjoyed digress. this. Old, yeah? yes. No, it's good digression. <laughs> I enjoyed this a lot. But was there like a moment at any point in time that you realized that you were not going to live the adult life that you expected?
1: Yes, yeah. it was right after undergrad mm. when I came back home to Zim mm-hmm. and I was applying for jobs and stuff like that. I got a job in inverted commerce pretty quickly, mm. um, but it didn't pay at all. And they would say, they were like, oh, we'll give you an allowance to at least get transport. yeah, Because I had to take two combis there, two combis home. And that never came. Then I was like, oh, okay, I'm screwed. Um, I'm screwed and stuck. Because I also did try stay in SA to do my honours. Mm-hmm. But the reality was my parents weren't paying my school fees. My sister was paying. And mm-hmm. she couldn't pay further. And I didn't expect her to. So I tried to get like scholarships and stuff. But I couldn't. So I came back home. Getting a good job was hard. And that's when I was like, Okay, life is going to be a little bit different mm. than what I expected.
0: Yeah. I think for me, the pivotal moment... Was when I was actually also after I finished uni, but this was after I finished my law degree, which mm-hmm. was my second degree. Um, and I was looking for jobs as well to do. I was trying to stay in South in Africa, America, mm. um, or come home and you know try to find jobs. And I don't think I'd ever experienced rejection before,
1: yeah. So I
0: hadn't, I hadn't until that point. I mean, I had just been applying to university, I got into like the second university I applied to, that's only because the first one I applied to just didn't respond in, yeah, as quickly in time. as the second yeah. one. Not even in time, it was in good time, it's just the second one was like with the quickness. Mm-hmm. Like, if anyone has ever applied to and gone to Rhodes, they, how you end yeah. up at Rhodes is, yeah. I think a lot, because you feel the comfort of, oh, they accepted me, so I'm gonna accept mm-hmm. their offer. Mm-hmm. They do things pretty quickly. Then I applied from my bachelor's, I applied to go to law school. Um, for the two year LLB and I got in um, I think I'd run for like a couple of elections in uni and that was like I lost a few elections mm-hmm. that's like kind of like okay whatever yeah. rejection you know yeah. what I mean Yeah. Um, that was it and then when I was now applying for like actual jobs, jobs to show like my skill set and stuff I was getting rejected left right and center even for one job i went to an assessment center yeah like they pay for me to get on a flight a oh and wow. wow to go to their assessment center and do this like test and like uh low and you're interview like they wouldn't me. spend money on me if they weren't gonna take me right and yeah. it was such a great opportunity and i did it and i didn't get the job and i was traumatized yeah and that's the first time i was like okay so this is like a lot harder. But yeah, it's than not guaranteed. It, Do to you be. feel
1: like because you were so good in school and uni, you felt like if you work hard, you'll get the results?
0: Honestly, I thought the results spoke for themselves. Mm. If that makes sense, yeah. I thought that you're just gonna see my transcripts and be like, you're gonna that. see my CV, and you would have the pleasure of me being at your <laughs> company. <cousin. laughs>
1: I get it, because yeah. that's what you're taught, right? Like, if you get the grades, then life is like. Oh, school and degrees open so many doors for you. Exactly. And then it's like... Open.
0: And that's like, no, no. Not really. Actually, the door is pretty closed. You yeah, it's locked. Window, exactly. Jump over. So you need to know who has the keys to ask you to... Yeah. Exactly. So that was when I realized that actually my life is going to be difficult. Well, yeah. Well, not easy. Mm-hmm. Not that it was going to be harder than... It was going to be a lot harder than what I expected it to be, if that makes sense. And I think another big pivotal moment was when I applied for my master's. I got in and got a scholarship. And then one day I got a phone call. And they're like, hey, so we're canceling the program. I remember that. And I was like, sorry, what? How does that happen? That made no sense whatsoever. They're like, yeah, we're canceling the program. So Mm. I guess we'll just uh, let you know when we can pick it back up. And I was so shook by that i remember because it was like i did all the right things. exactly and this is like it. your dream school exactly dream program everything was all aligned set, set. Yeah. like i had an acceptance i accepted the, the offer. Except, yeah all of that good stuff and then it got cancelled and i'm like yo guys how how and this is not even like something you did you can't
1: even be like oh maybe i didn't try hard enough like you got in and then suddenly the program and this at the school doesn't exist anymore it just stopped and maybe that's also like symbolic of how like things are out of your control like it's not about you most of the
0: time like things just happen literally it's completely just life yeah just happened and that was also a, a big like life lesson character building i'm not too sure what character building that was because you know there's like people say oh what doesn't kill you make you stronger yeah no traumatic experiences to no. be going points i could have lived my whole life without going through that yeah um that specific thing i think i would have turned out exactly the same yeah, I, yeah am. I think about that as well yeah
1: i i remember also just before high school finished and we were like applying for unis you know i know like people like you who applied to one school and got in, mm-hmm. or like very few schools. Okay, two. Um, <laughs> Luke, my boyfriend, applied to one and got in. And I was like, how were you social? Sure? He was like, it never occurred to me that I wouldn't get, I was like, okay, well, dang. I applied to more than 10 schools yes, I in the States. Didn't get into any. I even applied to the schools my two older sisters went to and I was like, oh, I'll definitely get in because I've oh. had, yeah, they ask about that. Like, has anyone in your family ever, I'm definitely, get, I didn't get in. And I remember like even like bringing in like faith into it, like Christianity and stuff like that. I had a big post of my, the dream school that I wanted, University of Chicago. I put the poster up. I was like, I feel it in my bones. I'm gonna get in. I didn't get in. Yeah. I couldn't have stood the snow anyway.
0: True, true.
1: I, I loved Cape Town where really you yeah. ventured. I yeah, loved University up. of Cape Town. And I yeah. love being close to home and being able to mm-hmm. visit mm-hmm. two times a year. So
0: I think also with these things like you can never predict because I ended up having a very different university experience for my postgrad as exactly. well. Exactly where it was nothing I expected, but I I do appreciate the the experience I had. Yeah. I think the process though when you're in the middle of it, is a lot. Yeah, And it's definitely, if anything, it's perspective shifting. Yeah, that's true. What are, like, the biggest external pressures you feel like you have to accomplish now? Right now,
1: I feel like financial independence is the biggest pressure for me because I feel like, I don't know if it's a last born thing, but I felt like I never had, like, Respect my family and I don't mean it like oh, respect me, but I felt like people took me as a child Mm. And like my opinions don't matter until I started having My own stuff like financially I could afford to do this I could afford to go here Then people are like okay, maybe like I still feel a little bit unheard Mm. But it's better than when you had no money Mm. and you had to ask Mm. for permission for everything Mm. or you couldn't give input in like big decisions because I feel like money speaks. Yeah. Um, so now I feel like financial pressure to be independent. Mm. And, and I live with my mom right now, and I can't live with her forever, yeah. unfortunately, um, because it's not good for my mental health. Um, but also, um, if you're gonna get married, you have to move out, or do you? No, you have
0: to move out. So my biggest pressure is financial. Mm. Mm. How about you? uh definitely the same yeah uh financial independence i was just thinking to myself and this is where i will have like you know that little burst of anxiety that wakes you up like yes. you're super sleepy oh my gosh and then you just think of something and then now you're like you're you awake on that. and your heart's beating, beating really fast it's I your insides was... feel like they're vibrating literally that was me last night yeah yeah even last night yeah i think for me that was the earliest i felt that was probably on friday um when i had come home from work and i was like i have no like concrete plans for the weekend i'm just gonna chill i'm gonna relax and i'm just like you're in a job that doesn't pay well enough yeah you need to pick between getting a cell phone taking a trip or doing wxyz like Mm. i can't do all of these things that like i want to do and i was literally just like very, I mean, I struggle with negative self-talk, yeah. but negative self-talk about financial dependence is something I really just, like, I'm like, you want to move out of your house, you want to get a car, we you flipped, We we would be moved out. A hundred percent. Like, in high school, we were, like, we would definitely have our own places. Right I was now. like, in 10 years' time, yeah. ugh, right? 28, exactly. for sure. Um, so, those are the things that, like, give me a lot of anxiety and that I have to, like, accomplish. Like, mm-hmm. I need something concrete kind of to like what you're saying show my adulthood not yeah. just um not just have it conceptually like yeah. when I see my peers, especially the ones who live overseas.
1: Yeah. Do you know some of the people we were in to school with have houses. Now. Yeah, they do. They have houses. They do. They have houses and I'm still out here in the mornings knocking on my mom's door and being like, Mama no tissue." <laughs> <dessert."
0: laughs> <No, mama, laughs> <t-shirt. laughs> because I mean I know it's bad to compare yourself to people and I know
1: it's you, human though it's, like, it's
0: completely human to have that benchmark set yeah. by your peers because I mean we spend our entire lives being compared to our peers our grades are based on you know they grade graded I'm on that bell curve how does. good yes, everyone else exactly. is doing and then you know you grow up and you're told these are milestones people your age get their license at this time they yeah. get this at this time yeah. they get that Yeah. so it's so hard to like Scratch that off or let that go. Um, And then you see, like, people, especially people who got to relocate, you know, outside of the country. And you're just like, okay, I am not home for lack of trying. Mm. But at the same time, it's kind of just like when I see, like, on social media, someone buying a house or buying a car. And I'm just like, okay, but what did I do so wrong? Sometimes I'm like, what did I do so wrong? Do you know
1: what also sucks is? I... When I went for my master's in Scotland, Yeah. I, that was one of the most depressing years of my life. It was the first time my depression, like I've been clinically depressed. It hasn't, it has never uh, manifested physically. Mm -hmm. But uh, that year that I was away, for the first time, my depression manifested physically, where I was having really bad heart palpitations. I was having blackouts. I was having trouble breathing um and i would i went to the hospital the one time to see a doctor i went to my doctor and i was like you need to give me drugs give me drugs like help me yeah. he was like oh you should try mindfulness i was like excuse me <laughs> <laughs> did you go to medical school to tell me to try mindfulness but um so i was like so i had the option of obviously when you learn outside the country it becomes easier to stay in that country Mm -hmm. and i had a lot of people telling me oh don't be stupid don't go home to zimbabwe um why do you want to go home and i'll be like well my mom's alone i need to be close to my mom Mm -hmm. but also i i love sim i love the sun Mm -hmm. i love knowing how to get around like Mm. it's home for me. Mm. So I've never had the desire to stay and absolutely live mm. somewhere else, especially not Scotland. Mm. And people will be like, well, no, you can help your mom better if you get a job here, stay here, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't try hard enough to stay. Mm. But sometimes, at least once a month in Zim, when like the my room. money doesn't go far enough, yeah. I'm like, shoot, I should have tried harder to stay. Mm. But then, at the same time, I now have been like um, betraying my soul mm. to stay somewhere where I'm so unhappy. Mm. Like, but then now that's a, the balance that a lot of I think Zimbabweans in the diaspora like make. You have to choose maybe mental health or financial stability. But they, I'm not saying everyone wants to stay in Zim. Yeah. But yeah, like you've you have to choose. Mm. And sometimes you don't have a choice, you just have to come home, and it sucks. Yeah. But it it sucks that when you want to come home, it still sucks.
0: Yeah. No, well, (laughs) firstly, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I had no idea it got that bad. Oh
1: my gosh, It it got bad. At the time, I thought something else was happening. I was like, oh, I'm having a heart attack. It's it is what it is but then from like not even therapy because the university it is funny now in retrospect the university had like a three-month wait period to see a therapist Um, but then I did start talking to this person there was a listening like listening university listening blah 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 which is like unofficial therapy and that was quite helpful mm. it, it did get better especially when summer came yeah i just
0: couldn't handle the sun setting at 3 p.m i actually had a similar experience when i was doing my master's really Odysseus, and i do think it was the winter yeah um because first of all um my birthday's in december right yeah and usually here of course it's summertime yeah and i'm usually not in school by the time it's my birthday and everyone's already in a pretty celebrated oh yeah
1: december one are like. In a, everyone's already yeah that
0: was the vibe i was kind of used to for Mm -hmm. my birthday Mm -hmm. and that year when i was overseas during you know winter first of all i was like oh my birthday's coming and my whole being was like why are we still in school like why, why are we still in school um, and I did my best to, you know, plan a day or well, a night out with like my friends, yeah. but it was still cold. It was still rainy. I had like fun, but I know the amount of fun I had while I'm at home. Yeah. And from there, I have no idea what happened. I don't know if it's cause it's my first Christmas, like away from my family as mm-hmm. well, but it just triggered something in me. And I've also struggled with like anxiety. I've never been like diagnosed with depression or anxiety, but I know these are things I have struggled with yeah. because they've manifested in different yeah, ways, and yeah. the internet tells me, yeah. and my therapist has told <laughs> me. <laughs> um, and then I only recently got diagnosed with like an anxiety disorder earlier this year. Can I ask a quick question yes. about that?
1: After the official diagnosis, did you did it make you feel better? Like I mean, in the context of okay, I'm not making this up. Yes
0: and no. Um, I feel like it's something I've always known.
1: Yeah. So it wasn't surprising. But if you told people that, oh, you know, I feel like I have anxiety, were people like, oh, no, just pray? or
0: like, You know, I would get a lot of that, but I never actually fully expressed it.
1: Oh, really? And when
0: I would express it, I felt like I didn't get what I needed from telling people. Mm. So I wouldn't, I just would deal with it on my own because yeah. even if I expressed it I feel like sometimes people oh. just don't know what to do with that information yeah it's kind true. of just like that's true I've tried like meditation apps calming me apps the apps to the white noise like mm-hmm. all that stuff like mm-hmm. I've taken the advice mm-hmm. but I never actually got what mm-hmm. I needed yeah and the only difference is is when I it was suggest when it was recommended that I take medication I was like <laughs>
1: eh, what do I
0: look like? And I, <laughs> but in that moment, I'm like, no, but you're really struggling. And yeah, and have been I, for a while. For, for a long time, but that was only after the fact. But I would say the time I was most anxious was while I was doing my master's yeah. in the middle of that winter. Yeah. And what it manifested into physically, aside from like dizziness, headaches, palpitation, and it's like crazy, hyperventilating, right? it's weird.
1: But that's the first time it had manifested physically for you. second.
0: Really. First time was in my second year of university. Oh, okay. Like, that was not a great year. Yeah. So yeah. that's the first time I actually experienced, like, nausea and sickness and all of that. But I don't know what happened. I don't know what changed. No, what changed was I got a boyfriend. That's what changed. In undergrad. In undergrad. And that made it better or worse? I just wasn't anxious. Wow. <laughs> like, I, that's amazing. It, it just, everything completely, <laughs> like, switched for a good that's um, such a like nice a six, uh, byproduct. Six, yeah, like six months. Of having a I was like fine, and in, I mean, of course, in the course of the relationship, all these things come back. But like during like the euphoric, it's yeah, because it's the excitement, it's the release of endorphins, super and, like a lot of
1: affirmations, and it's also having someone like take care of you, like someone who talks to you every day, every day. worried about you if nearly you as much eaten, as you are,
0: exactly. And yeah. it's not as if I sat and like talked about my mental health issues because I also didn't have the vocabulary yeah, for it. Yeah. But it was just, That's so it, interesting. Was, it was great. And that's what, when I think about it now, that's actually what I, how I got over it then. Um, and then with my master's, it was when the weather changed. Mm-hmm. Um, that helped quite immensely. Yeah, exactly. But at the depth of the winter, like January, February. Oh my gosh, no. And it started snowing. Um, oh, how guys. it showed up for me was in like hypochondria. Yeah. I had a different health issue really? every week, and eventually, I mean, I know I had to get like my wisdom teeth taken out at some point. Oh, yeah, I remember, but I know that didn't start with like I feel like the wisdom teeth being removed was a byproduct of a hypochondria. Really, that I was going through. yeah, like I was so like, if I was like, okay, I have this cough, cough went away, okay, fine, I have this this went away okay fine and then i was just like when was the last time i was at the dentist oh my gosh and then i started like over brushing over flossing, like just doing so much like and so i went to an actual dentist and they're like okay where's the pain and i know i've had like issues with my wisdom teeth before and i was like yeah no maybe it's my wisdom teeth and of course like they were like fully grown and any dentist is gonna tell you yeah you need to get them taken out yeah but i honestly from the bottom of my heart do not think i had any issues so do you I think, think you know, I like worry myself him? into that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're I jumped into it. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is so interesting. Yeah. And then the sun came up one day, and, and you're like, "Hi, oh, life is good. Beautiful. I'm great. This is fun. I actually don't want to leave. Yay, life I mean, is beautiful. Everything's fine." Like, I literally weather changed. I moved plate. Like, I moved apartments. My situation like didn't change. All the things I was anxious about finding a job financial future, all that kind of stuff, nervous about coming back to Zim, the whole nine, that stuff was still there. Yeah. But what I I guess what got over that was just sunshine.
1: I felt relieved when I got an, an actual diagnosis in 2014, mm-hmm. 2015, because I feel like before then, I was even like gaslighting myself, like, oh, no, no, I have nothing to be depressed about, blah, 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 blah. blah. And depression is hereditary, and my dad had... Mm-hmm. but I remember telling my mom like mom I feel like really depressed and she was like about what you have food do you yeah. you have shelter like don't be like yeah. pray about it and she meant very well and then I was like yeah maybe it's a hereditary thing and I, I don't know whether yeah. I'm depressed because it's hereditary or mm-hmm. it just is what it is yeah um but then I went... And then I was like, oh, but, you know, Dad had it. And she was like, oh, yeah, but he literally went through, like... The war. The war. (laughs) Which made me feel stupid, because I'm like, no, she's right. I have nothing to be. Yeah. And then I went to the doctor. We shared the same doctor. And you know how she is. I like like her because she's not afraid to, like... She's very straightforward. Mm -hmm. And so she tested me, everything, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, yeah, no, you you know, you're bad, and then she mm-hmm. told my mom, and my mom started crying, and then that's when for her, it, like, I was like, oh, dang, it can happen mm-hmm. to, like, young people, but you never felt like, uh, oh, maybe I'm just being too sensitive, blah, 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 because that's something I've been told my whole life, oh, you're too sensitive, blah, blah, so when I got the official diagnosis from a medical doctor, mm-hmm. I was like, when I would have, like, really bad weeks, i will be like, no, this is yeah. legit, I'm not being too sensitive, I'm not being weird, And it it took a load off. And Mm -hmm. I can tell people I'm having a bad week because the doctor said. I, yeah. yeah.
0: No, I think for me, um, I've never been told that I'm too sensitive but I've always felt like very detached mm. and very dissociative because mm. I think one of my coping mechanisms mm. is to completely dissociate from the situation. Yeah. I could literally be sitting having lunch with people but my mind would be over here yeah. because there's something going yeah. on here that I don't like. Yeah. So, I've been told I'm quite cold. <laughs> really? I, yeah, I've been told I'm That's I'm not like I when I think of you. Really? so affectionate
1: oh. and you just take care of people even when you don't... Oh, you're the best. You're oh, like...
0: What? You're so sweet. Thank you. And I feel like the same about you. Oh, thank you're you. You're the sweetest person I've oh, ever met. Oh, thank
1: you. I do feel like a baby sister to everyone, though. Yeah. Whereas you're like an older sister to everyone, in my head. You're yeah. like you just take charge of everything yeah i i mostly wait to be told what to do
0: (laughs) i've been told my taking charge of everything is a trauma response probably it's coming from a place of anxiety i think it's balancing it yeah it's balancing it yeah yeah. i think this goes about saying then have you experienced burnout every other week yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) i feel like by the time the weekend comes i'm just like oh my gosh But I think, I'm trying to think of when I experienced burnout, probably for the first time was in 2019, after I started working at Kubatana, and I think it was probably the first grown up, okay, let me not say that, before then I was in the creative industry and I've always been very attuned to societal issues and even in my creative work, I would like touch on societal mm-hmm. issues and blah 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 but in a creative way yeah then when i started working in the ngo sector there's not a lot of room for creativity mm-hmm. um but you're, you're constantly being fed everything that's wrong with yeah. the country yeah some of those things like normal citizens don't even know but you have to know it mm. because you're in that industry and that's like was even that just like when I started working there, I felt for the first time that I had a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I found my purpose. Because I remember before that, I would cry and be like, oh, I don't have a purpose. Shame. And then i was like, oh, your purpose is to be my little sister. And that was really sweet. But I still felt like I needed like yeah. a different oh, purpose. God. So I felt very purposeful. Yeah. But I also got burnt out for the first time, I think, in my life mm-hmm. because of all the negativity I was absorbing. Mm-hmm. And then since then... I feel like I get
0: burnt out every two months at least. Yeah. Lately, it's been every other week. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> Myself, I think we talk a lot about like our bodily changes after twenty five. You know, we get a lot of like aches, and when you sit down, like there's the little clicking noises yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, it's funny, but I feel like mentally, we also have to take care of ourselves differently we, as well. Yeah, like if you compare it to like when we were in high
1: school, where we would like learn like six. Subjects a day, mm-hmm. non stop, and then have two hours of sports after that, and then go to sleep and do the exact same thing yeah. the day afterwards. Like, that sounds exhausting. It does, but then we would have
0: a break for a month. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we would We'd have would like, like three, three, three breaks three, in a three, year. Yeah, we would do three three that for month, three breaks. months. Like, yeah, like you start school in January april you're off that's true and we yeah. also didn't have like financial
1: responsibilities or dependence exactly so you didn't have that load also i mind. think a
0: big part of that was there was an ending that's true like you knew you were going to finish this mm. this grade you're going to go to whereas when you're grade. working
1: you're like i could be in this job for the next 15 years of Which my life really it is very scary it's very so scary it's, it's very scary yeah And also, I feel like you had a support system also in school, or even uni, where there are people rooting for you to do well, and you can ask for feedback. Yeah. I mean, if you had good lecturers, you'd be like, can you give me feedback and stuff like that? Also, you had friends, maybe not so much in uni for me, but in high school, you saw your friends constantly, and so that was like a release.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you would have break time and rest time where... If I remember our high school experience, all I remember was laughter. Yeah, exactly. we like, spent so much time laughing. laughing. Yeah. That's all I remember. Yeah. I can count the number of days I was sad at school. No, nothing's funny. I mean, everything's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I like a sad way. <laughs>
1: Nothing's so funny in a sad way, but also if someone sees you laughing, you can get in trouble or get cancelled.
0: That's true. <laughs> or sometimes I don't know what it is, but like I feel like people don't get like my sense of humor. Oh. So sometimes I'll find something really funny, and, and then like people don't like reciprocate. And it. like you, you. need help. Oh, they'll know, they'll take it seriously. Oh. Where like at work, um, I was joking with my one colleague, and I'm like, yeah, because we just like work way too much something of that like yeah. future, and I was like joking she's like oh my gosh you know if you feel like you're not getting enough time off you should really go talk oh. to HR and I'm just like you're supposed no. to LOL yeah. you know what I mean no yeah um, and
1: another thing that helps me uh, in terms of work try not to be like okay I'll I'll work my butt off for 10 years and then I'll enjoy life because if there's something we've learned in Zim is you can't like guarantee guarantee anything like your economic whatnot is not going to be constant yeah
0: i also feel like the older i've gotten and i think this segues into the next question i had um about like how i've had to reimagine my future and the way i've had to reimagine it is i cannot make long-term plans I don't know if that's from being zimbabwean or just the unpredictability which life has shown me yeah but i cannot even envision my life 10 years from now and it's getting harder and harder to make long-term plans because i'm like i don't actually know yeah that's you know true. i don't know what the future holds i don't know if they could be your program could get canceled they could be yeah, a exactly. pandemic there could be another economic crash. There's so many things, and the future I've had to reimagine is very like short term. Like I do not have any motivation to work super hard for ten years because in ten years I want to chill. Yeah, because you don't know. I that. don't know. What you the could next be dead in nine years, and all you've done is work, is work
1: super hard, exactly, and delayed your gratification. Exactly. exactly. Is that a word?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes.
1: No, I get it. Like it's hard to answer the the question, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I mean, the are places you would hope you are. Yeah. But also, I don't think it's a bad thing to not be able to, like, have a strategic plan mm. for the next 10 years or 5 years. Mm. Because I think it's helpful to hold everything lightly. And I feel like the older we've gotten and the more losses and owls we've experienced and rejection and death and blah, 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 you see the importance of holding everything lightly so that... When things change or when things go away, it doesn't devastate you. Exactly. Because your entire existence is
0: not banking on this one thing. It's one thing. So have you had to or have you been able to reimagine your future? I think I...
1: Uh, oh, uh, that's a hard question. Mm-hmm. I think I have not maybe reimagined, but the realism. I understand what my future would look like. Uh, I know that I'm not going to be working on the 37th floor at, of the UN in Zimbabwe because there is no 37th floor Zimbabwe. of the UN yeah. building in Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe. Yeah. and I know that I am where I need to be right now like God has placed me where I need to be and mm. I'm learning a lot it's super painful mm. um, being put in like in a zone of discomfort but I am learning a lot and. I still have a lot of worries. Like I don't I don't have a plan that does not involve me worrying mm. because things are not guaranteed. I can change my outlook or my perspective, but the fact is that if your salary is not covering your bills, mm. it's not covering your bills. Yeah. And finding a second form of income or source of income or stream of income is hard. Mm. Um so I don't know if I've reimagined my future or whatever, mm-hmm. but I'm more realistic about it. Yeah. And I've come to terms with it sometimes. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes again, you do wake up in the middle of a panic attack. Yeah. Um, But I guess it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. And you?
0: I get that. I mean, yeah. Uh, it's like what I said. I, I can't see it.
1: Yeah. I literally don't know. Yeah. I,
0: the things oh, you hope for. Years, yeah. The things you
1: hope for. And yeah. I think hope yeah. is helpful.
0: Yeah. The things I'm very hopeful for. And you looking forward to. It. And that's helpful. Yeah. It that helps, helps you to keep going exactly. when it's, like, really tough. Exactly. Oof, but, but it's it, tough. It is tough. So what have been? what has been, like, the biggest expectation adjustment? Like, for me, the biggest, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, is I definitely thought by now... I'd be married and considering having children. And now I'm just not in a position to have that expectation. Mm. But that's a big adjust. That's been a really big adjustment for me. That's interesting. Yeah. It's actually more bigger than I've ever cared to admit really before. Really? Only because, right, and this is where it stems from, um, in my late 20s, right, and my family does have a history of various autoimmune diseases. Okay. Right. And I can kind of feel some of those symptoms setting in. Like, this, I'm like, this story sounds a little bit familiar. Oh, no. Not even in, like, a very serious way, because, of course, I've gone and, like, had checkups and been tested. And all good, like, all clear. But having, like, I started developing really strange food allergies later Mm. in life. Like, I love oats like from the bottom of my heart i've always loved oats as a kid i can't eat oats anymore because i'm allergic are you serious yeah who's allergic to oats right oh oh my god i am apparently oh no um so i you know went to the doctor got tested first you know you just do a very basic blood test and it's like no your um whatever cells however blood tests work had a violent reaction yeah to wheat and dust i'm like okay the dust i knew yeah that wheat the wheat so are you like gluten intolerant now yeah that's what it feels like oh my word um and so i'm just like hey i know that you know i've had relatives who have had these this list of conditions um so can i somehow get tested or see if that's setting in maybe um and i'm really thankful that the results of all of those assessments came out positive i mean not that i have the diseases but like that I'm fine, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that to me was a sort of perspective shifting thing where I'm like, okay, these, you know, any kind of discomfort or illness is going to impact the way your future, like, is yeah, going to be, especially true. True. if I want to have kids, if I'm going to share my life with a person, all of that kind of stuff, yeah. those things are, you you need to think about yeah, them, right? they're a big part of that. Um, and because of that i'm like okay not only do i need to think about taking care of myself which i have more control over yeah but um things like okay do i want to have children yes um do i actually have as much time as i like to think i do i mean of course i'm a christian i serve the author of time mm-hmm. but i'm also just kind of like yeah my dear um the biological hi. clock yeah. If there is a biological clock, and what does mine look like? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So I always imagined when I was younger, especially in my early 20s, that by now I wouldn't really need to be thinking about yeah. these things in this way because I just was like, yeah, it was just, yeah. So it's fine. It's going to happen, you know? Um, and now that's not the case. And when, you know, when Ruwene mm-hmm. um, kuo announced that she had a, she's having a baby soul, and yeah. she's having by herself... Um, you know, our ultra conservative society was just like backlash, but I'm like, yeah. that's actually really brave, yeah. But also to have had to sit down and be like, okay, I really this is the reality of, of this of biology. biology, and yeah. I need to make these decisions because of my medical conditions, my age, mm-hmm. all of those kinds of things. Well, I think I'm
1: in denial though, because yeah, I know my sister Tony does talk a lot about the reality is because i say oh no it's fine women are having kids later like they would. i think the age average age of having kids has risen yeah and that's sure. comforting to me because yeah. i don't plan to have kids anytime soon, soon i don't yeah. even know if i want kids yeah and by the time i do have kids i'll be older mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. so i'm like oh no women are doing it later but she was like the reality is that our bodies are not like oh okay we'll delay menopause we'll delay f- yeah infertility blah 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 it's still healthier to have it Mm -hmm. younger Mm -hmm.
0: but it's a really because I mean even like as a young person as a feminist where I'm trying to actively decenter men from the narrative Mm -hmm. um, to me my biggest concern is not just finding a partner but just being like okay is this what I want why do I want it what do I want it to look like and these are thoughts I've never had before that's true, I was about to say we that like marriage and kids wasn't
1: really something we talked about, no, especially not in high school. I guess we were very young, but I, I feel like it's only been the last maybe five years where mm-hmm. we've been like, "Oh, you know, we're now in our mid twenties, I think maybe the first person in our uh, in our year group got married and we're like, "Oh wait,
0: that's a thing that could happen to us yeah it's it's stuff like that that I never actually thought of practically and you know admittedly when I see my peers getting married I just wonder like I just want to sit down I'm like okay but what's the dynamic
1: yeah you know we need to sit down with some of our married peers and just ask them like the real questions like Like, what is your relationship for me the most this is so stupid but the the thing I can't figure out about like marriage is like Mm. when like you know sometimes you're gassy Yeah. yeah And you can't keep, like, running to the bathroom, or whatever. Yeah. But, like, when you're alone, it's fine. Yeah. In marriage, what happens? That's my one question that
0: <laughs> I have about marriage. Uh, for me, it's um, when you... I think you and I both have, like, moments where you just don't feel like being social. You need to be by yourself. And I don't want to use words. Yeah. I would like to be with someone who, who understands that yeah who are, but i who won't, take take it who won't take it personally
1: um i've seen I, a couple who's like oh you know i knew he was the one because he's the first person that i didn't need to be away from and i'm like i still have like at the end of the day i'm still like oh i'm in my room
0: yeah
1: i need to recharge what happened exactly
0: like i love you dearly but I'm gonna want you to leave the house away from point. me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Let's have separate bedrooms. You know. Um. It's 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 stuff like that. It's also I think because. Um, I'm just so used to thinking for myself. Yeah. Also having you know to consider someone else's thoughts, feelings, opinions, all of that good stuff. Yeah. Those are things that I have never really thought about actively. Yeah. Until now. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Um. And that's purely because. Getting older, it's, hap- it's more frequent, it's mm-hmm. happening around mm-hmm. more so. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. That's, a big, that's been a big adjustment.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm trying to think.
0: The question was what's been the biggest it's adjustment? Like the, the biggest big... expectation adjustment. But all the things you've sat and thought about got to take for granted because of age and everything, and now the reality is set in. Maybe just
1: independence of like. Again, I thought I'd be living by myself at least. And I really wanted to live by myself before marriage Mm. because I thought it's a good thing to do, to learn how to be by yourself. You don't want to go straight from your mama house to a shared living space. That's not going to happen because of (laughs) finances. I I think I was the opposite from you. I always thought I'd be very much alone Mm. into deep into my thirties. And I always said, Maybe I didn't know if I want kids. I still don't. Yeah. But I thought if I'm single by at thirty-five, then I can see myself with a little a little little girl, a little little adopted child. So that was the only expectation. I have. I think my life is heading in a different way direction, which is great, but also Mm. scary. Because I'm like Mm. I don't know if I'm ready. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm mature enough. I think that's the biggest thing. I get that. I think it's life. Getting older and people expecting things of you, but I don't know if I'm mature enough mm. for it. I also thought I'd somehow be more social, but I feel like the older I'm getting the <laughs> the more like inward I'm becoming, and the more um and this is something I actually love about myself, the less nonsense I'm taking. Mm. so I felt like when I was young, and again, maybe it's because I was not financially independent. Mm i had to do what i was told yeah and i'm speaking in terms of culture Mm -hmm. especially like Mm -hmm. if you're invited to a large family gathering you have to go as the girl child you need to be in the kitchen yes so i remember a relative inviting me to his one-year-old's birthday party Mm -hmm. and i knew that i was going to fulfill girl child duties and cook and clean yeah and um one of my sisters went and that's exactly what she did and she was very angry that i didn't go with her Um, But I was like, no, no, thank you because I know I'm not being invited because this baby particularly likes me Mm. I am being invited as labor. Yeah, and so I'm very much a rebel I think Mm. in my mom and my some of my sister's eyes. They're Mm. like, oh my gosh why why does she she not not have to do this like why does she get to say no and I feel like anyone can say no. I think some is for some people like you as the older girl it's probably harder to say no to mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. than me. I'm the fourth one. Mm. You know, I they have three other ones to yeah. bother.
0: Yeah. So
1: I, I I guess maybe is that like last born privilege? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. But um yeah. But yeah. So I I guess that's an anti expectation. Mm-hmm. Where I'm enjoying that I get, but at the same time again, something big that's coming up is my marriage. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that's so weird to say. But with that, I feel like that's a huge thing because as a as a black Zimbabwean child, you're expected to have at least 500 people at your wedding. At your
0: wedding, minimum, minimum. But
1: Luke and I are not necessarily people person people people mm. we're not people people in that sense we have like a few people that we deeply love and respect mm. so you want something small but he's the firstborn boy yeah and i'm the last born and people just expect things yeah. already uh... and we've said guys we're gonna keep it small like yeah. uh, yesterday my sister was like who's gonna walk you down the aisle and i'm like i can walk myself mm. and then my other mm. sister was like you can't do that that's weird. Yeah. And I'm like, but I can. But I can. Um, yeah. So I, I like that about myself. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not easy. And yeah. it's sometimes really... I think that's maybe what set off my anxiety. Because I'm mm. like, there's so many expectations. I don't want to make my mom sad. Mm. I don't want to like start a, a feud, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But I also want the wedding of my dreams. Yeah. I don't know if that answers the question.
0: No, it does. It does. And I feel like it's a real... like realistic expectation to have to like adjust mm. because especially you know with what you're saying about being the girl child the idea of oh you my being gosh n- saying no or you refusing to do something or not just being like oh yeah i'll do all the manual labor like i'm fine with it i i'm not a
1: manual labor type exactly. of person guys sorry i'm never gonna cook like an 80 person pot of sadza <laughs> that's not me exactly
0: um, I'm sorry and I think a big part of that is like you know coming to your own I think our culture doesn't leave a lot of room for personality no to adjust oh, like.
1: especially like Zimbab- black Zimbabwean yeah Shananda or whatever culture, culture does not like introversion I remember having yeah. a fight with my two older sisters because they don't understand my introversion they yeah. just think oh you're so antisocial yeah. or whatever yeah
0: why we have to go to the big family functions and you're just like there sorry yeah i honestly would have to say though like coming from like being the oldest daughter perspective where that pressure is there yeah i learned how to say no from you Oh, yeah. I am so happy. Yeah. Like, I'm oh, well, just to be like, done. yeah, I'm just I, I yeah, don't guys, want to. no. Also, I, growing up, I always felt the pressure to be, like, super, like, extroverted and mm-hmm. social. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just have never been that way. No. And I feel like the older we've gotten, the more comfortable you've, like got in being like that. Yeah. And I feel less guilty about it. Exactly. And I'm literally like, well, Lindy doesn't do that. So like, why should I?
1: You really don't have to. Like, it's not going to kill you. It's not going to kill the people that invited you to come cook and clean for them.
0: And overall, my final question Mm. to round up this conversation. What are your views on own race, own pace? Is that a realistic coping mechanism? And... If it is or isn't, how best have you, like, navigated that? Because we talked a little bit about how hard it is not to compare yourself to your peers. Mm -hmm. um, Not to worry so much about what you should be accomplishing. Not to be so focused on the expectations you have of yourself. But also, especially, like, focused on the ones society or people or parents or family have of you. So, is it really... Is it real really realistic? Or own race, own
1: pace yeah. is realistic. Not in the oh, you know, that's a good way to live. It's realistic. Like especially in Zimbabwe in mm. this economy. Yeah. It will force you to go at your own race, own pace. Yeah. Like it's not that you're it's not for lack of trying mm. to keep up with <laughs> your peers and buy houses. Yeah. You literally just cannot, yeah, for example, buy a house in this economy, in yeah. this country. So it's it's very realistic. I think it's just the coming to terms with it mentally mm. that's scary because life does move on for other people in other countries. And you literally just need to come to terms with where you are at yeah. and be like, okay, this is a very tough season. Yeah. I don't see a way out, but this too shall pass.
0: Yeah no i like that a lot yeah i like that a lot yeah but it's like an ongoing process yeah definitely and continuing to be in a like a challenging season also makes it feel like okay i'm not making any progress i'm not making any traction Mm. but so i sometimes feel like okay whatever own race on But we're all watching each other anyway
1: that's
0: true um but what you said is really like foundational just like it's really poignant And I feel like this is a conversation I didn't know I needed to have today. Because I'm just like, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, everything could suck. That just goes to show, you know, that life sucks. Yeah. And
1: life is not (laughs) necessarily fair. Yeah. And I think that's an expectation we also had in high school. We were taught that if you... Are the best at what you do. do. And you do everything exceptionally well. There'll be we exceptional results. Yeah. Exactly. And we have not yet seen that. Yeah. We will see it. Yeah. I think we'll be having a very different conversation in 10 years. Yeah. Um, I feel like we will be in places which we enjoy. Yeah. And I'm not only speaking like professionally-wise, but I strongly believe that in 10 years we will will be... I mean, we're happy now, but we'll be even more happy, if that makes sense. And we'll be less frustrated. Yeah. Can I just say,
0: you told me yesterday you felt completely unqualified to come on this platform. (laughs) But that is some of the most poignant. No, because words of advice and affirmation and I think anyone listening is just... ah, You're so great.
1: Oh, thank you. I still feel extremely unqualified for such an intelligent podcast um because most times like i said i feel like a potato uh. um but yeah also it is what it is and yeah. we're lucky to have great people in our lives mm. and also romanticize your life if you can
0: oh i try that's one thing i actively try to do every day. like
1: just tell me a cheesecake like <gasps> right and your dogs you have such beautiful dogs and such a beautiful yard in your mama house so there's some good things and maybe it's just today that i'm saying that tomorrow i might feel absolutely different (laughs) like life sucks let's end it jesus needs to come
0: now i mean i wouldn't be mad at that i'm
1: not even gonna lie but yeah yeah.
0: thank you so much lindy thank Thank you i I this this felt like a really
1: fun therapy session yeah
0: same year yeah i actually feel like very, I feel happier. Wholesome, right? Yeah, me too. too. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for having me. I'm making the time to be here. (laughs) I I love this episode. Thank you for having me. Love you. Love you too. And that is the episode. A huge shout out and thank you once again to my guest, Lindy You are amazing. Thank you so much for sharing and being so open and honest about your experiences on this platform. I appreciate it so much. You have no idea. And of course, thank you, the listener, for your continued support. I really missed sharing episodes and just engaging. And I really would like to hear about your experiences and how your expectations have changed over time at whatever point you are in life. Um, let's yeah let's keep the conversation going Um, once again please do not forget to follow the podcast on social media at in this economy podcast on instagram and follow me your host at kimia jack on twitter Of course, I have included the PayPal link for any kind of support. Any amount goes a long way into growing the platform, expanding the amount of media content we can give. And I go a little bit into detail about the big dreams I have for this podcast in the mini episode I shared earlier in the week. So you can go check that out and I go into like the overall theme of the season. But thank you so much for listening. As always, let's keep the conversation going. And I will catch you, I guess, next week. Yeah, take care.